You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and in studio, Dawson Smith. How you doing, Dawson? Hey, Mass. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for inviting me on again. Um, you're, you're number one backup right now. Hey, I'll take it. I don't know if I'll be able to hold that position, but uh, I'm glad I'm there right now. I'll yeah, just take what I can get. For all those uh, regular listeners, Graham Trainer is my loyal co-host. He has been in Vegas for the last week on what he has deemed a work trip. Now, that sounds awesome. I know that my, my sister, your sister-in-law, goes to Vegas all the time for conventions. I'm not sure what Keller Williams real estate whatever has to do in Vegas, but might as well just meet the team in Vegas. He says he's been there too long. He's had too much Vegas. And I asked him, how long is too much? He goes, I've been here six days and i was like that's too that's much far vegas. too much that's vegas. far too much yeah. vegas dude no i was like hopefully hopefully you just go back to your hotel room and you're asleep by the time we start recording man <laughs> like, no vegas is two nights yeah. three days kind of maybe kinda. three nights but that's pushing it so six days is huge three nights i couldn't last imagine at our age going to a bachelor party and getting there like on a thursday night and you go thursday <laughs> night friday night saturday night and you you are crawling back home on sunday through an airport. Oh, yeah. And and, and you can't – you're not going to spend a Sunday in Vegas to recover and fly home Monday because that's even worse. It's, pre- it's worse than getting on the plane and flying in that condition that you find yourself in on Sunday morning. You just got to get out of that place. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost better just to be like, I'm not suffering in a hotel room. I'm suffering on an airplane. And you know what they do? They serve, uh, they serve booze in airports real early. So you can just – kick that can hangover can down the road and not have to worry about it that's usually my move that's right uh the only issue i have with what's going on is the cringeworthy um moments that are happening at this uh real estate convention in vegas i mean it has got to be off the charge it is just cringe what do you what do you mean like the well, small talk somebody, cringe oh, or no, someone man. in the business that knows that oh yeah if you get more than two real estate uh people in a room they both have knives hidden behind their back and they're ready to stab each other in the neck. I'll tell you what I'm envisioning is being in the biz. I am in the biz, real estate of Jackson Hole. <clears throat> Shameless plug, anyways. Um, Christ. <laughs> but being in the biz, I do come across some um, social media, real estate social media. It's the worst. It's the worst. I mean, there is this dude in town, and I've openly hated him throughout through our my Instagram of him being like, "Here's the five best ski resorts yeah. in Wyoming." I'm like, "Shut up." Yeah. What are you talking? Like, shut your mouth. It's it's like lifestyle thing. Or you have. I mean, I'm not gonna sit I here see, and trash you, all yeah, realtors. We should. We should. But I mean, Let's go. It is people. I mean, in my opinion. Being a real estate, like let's call it residential sales real estate, right? Like the majority of folks doing that, like it's it's not rocket science, all right? We don't need to make it out to be something that it's not. Like you can be really good at it and separate sure. yourself from the rest of the pack. Yeah. And you can be knowledgeable about markets and finance and all that stuff, and that's helpful. But you get these people on the internet, and they think that real estate is like your image on social media your outward image in the world. And there's just a lot of cringeworthy, like middle-class fancy people leasing freaking Defender 90s. It's just gross. And can you imagine sticking that in Vegas, dude? It is just a pile of people trying to one-up each other, act like, fake like they're the biggest boss in the room. All right. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. And it's like, sure, some of them are doing great. But it's just cringeworthy, man. The whole just thing. the egos are probably just. And then what is Keller so Williams talking about? Like how best to sell yourself? I don't know. I mean, I get why the racket chaps people off. I read the paper. <laughs> I read the paper every day. Humble brag, Monday through Friday, and the real estate advertisements in our daily. Love the daily. The real estate advertisements that probably funds the production of the daily overall. Is hilarious. Well, it's it is. It's funny. I mean, you know, if you're making Welcome money, you home got home to tributary. Some rich dudes, like <laughs> right. uh, cross country skiing past the Grand. It's like, yo, yeah, man. Like, if I buy a house, I'll be outdoorsy too. It's like, totally. Shut up. It's like shut lifestyle. Up. It's lifestyle sales. 
It's uh, nothing know, against nothing against real estate agents. No, no, half I mean, my I'm, friends are real estate I, agents. I, I'm, I'm, I am one. I'm trashing myself over here. Um, and you got, you got to do it. I mean, you got to put your face out there. That's how it works around here. It's a competitive market. But um, I think you're just throwing money in the garbage can and lighting it on fire when you put ads in the newspaper. But um, that's just uh-huh. my take. Oh, uh-huh. got to bet on yourself. Just like a lot of these athletes we're going to talk about today, dude. Yeah, let's get the, the hell out of this real estate <laughs> muck we have found ourselves in. Cut this out. Cut this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get our uh, associate producer Todd to cut this out. Um, we miss the, Graham. That's what we're saying. Let's talk about let's talk about <laughs> the hot topic right now, which is college basketball. But there has been some controversy surrounding college basketball, and that is court storming. Now we saw earlier in the year, Caitlin Clark. Maybe the most famous women's basketball player in the last five years. I mean, ten I years. Who, who's She's got been, her? Who's got her beat? Uh, some of those LSU players that almost. Yeah. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. But they are, they're electric. Um, anyway, Caitlin Clark took a dive after Ohio State rushed the floor when they beat Iowa. Like hit a fan and took a dive. Now we're now we're on. Now I like <laughs> Caitlin Clark. It was flop, it was and it flop. was also like she. The size of her and the fan kind of like made sense where it could have been, it could have been like, sip like in my brain I was like, Caitlin Clark is this big, fan is this big, they collided, Caitlin Clark fell down, that makes sense to me. Now fast forward to last week when Wake Forest was playing Duke at home, they beat Duke, and the fans rushed the floor. What happened? Duke player Kyle Kyle Filipowski, the ugliest, one of the ugliest white dudes that played for Duke. He's definitely in the top five. Got hurt when during the court storming. Now, court storming. (laughs) Now, when it happened, everyone was like, "Oh, I told you so." Even Jay Billis said, "I warned you three weeks ago that court storming was dangerous for players. This never happens at Kyle Fieldhouse in Kansas." Jay Billis, what a dork. Yeah, that guy's dork. But if you look at the film, Kyle Fieldbasky got hurt sticking his leg out and tripping and pushing a fan like a typical Duke cheapstake. I swear to God they teach this at practice. This, there's been years and years of Duke's players tripping up people. The one that sticks out in my mind that no one will ever remember is Simba for UVA. Justin Anderson blocks a shot or something, and he falls He falls down – he fall, no, he lands – under the basket, and the Duke player fell down, like trying to take a charge or something. And when he went to transition up court back on defense, the Duke player clamped his leg, and Justin Anderson looked at him, and the ref just blew the whistle. Was like, nope, nope, you cannot <laughs> kill that man that's on the ground. Justin Anderson would have won that fight. Yeah, like, I, what are you doing? So Z- back to Kyle Filipowski and the Duke, uh, let's call it culture of tripping and doing cheap stop, cheap shots. The Rat King way. The Rat King way. I mean, okay, let's just do this. This guy is seven feet tall, 250 pounds. And when he collided with a fan that might have been a buck 50, 11, you can't tell. The size yeah. difference is so ridiculous. And he just goes down and and is grabbing his knee and everyone's like, oh, no, the, the major injury happened. Like, Oh, this is this is so bad. I feel like Kyle Filipowski was going to do a cheat shot, cheap shot on a Wake Forest fan, and stuck out his knee, and they went knee to knee, and he got hurt, and he keeled over like the coward that he is, yeah. and was like, "Oh no, the fan hurt me!" And then all of a sudden, the story becomes about the court storming and not the fact that Wake Forest beat Duke. It is so typical. And, and then he comes and out, the Duke, and the then Duke he comes out and says, "Are losers?" Yeah, Duke players are losers, and he comes out and says, <laughs> "I felt like it was personal." You are such. Soft. You're soft. You're soft. You are soft. You're a sore soft. loser. You're a sore loser. The way And he's fans, a liar. And he's, he's not a, hurt. He's not hurt. I'm not going to feel bad for him. Not not in a billion years. I don't feel bad for him at all. And frankly, I think court storming is totally fine. And awesome. Now, now but both sides. Both sides need... There's etiquette. The players, and they, I never thought we'd be talking about this, but in recent years, we've started to catch players acting out against fans. The players need to have some etiquette. Yeah, it's a passionate game. You lose a close one. People start coming down, flying down on the floor, probably 
you know, talking a little beef, you know, talking to you As a little bit, any chirping. Fan can right? and should. And it's like you're a competitor. Although we did see an Alabama you're, wide receiver hit a sorority chick in the face accidentally. You know, he threw what? up his hands and caught he his, was an soror- accident? his sorority chick. That ex Georgia player? Was it Burton? I think it was. That, that guy's <laughs> off to Texas, dude. That guy's uh, going to spend nine years in college. Uh, anyway, back anyways, to the point. But Filipowski, yeah. No, my thing is, I think college fans, we cannot. I think that's a theme for my night tonight, some things I'll talk about. It's like we have to embrace the culture in college sports that we have 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 lived with our entire lives that, yeah. in essence, we're losing because of, I don't know, overanalyzing, overthinking things. Fear um, is what it's called. Bad attitude. Fear. Fear, whatever it may what, be. What could happen? Like, students, the student section, they have the right Okay. The right to yeah. storm the court. I mean, this is an institution in America. When Wake Forest beats their hated in-state foe, Puke, like, you storm the floor. And it's what when you you're do. not good, when you don't beat Duke and Carolina on a regular basis, guess right. what you don't do? You don't storm the court. When Virginia was bad for a long, long time. <laughs> Many dark years. They beat uh, Duke on Sean Singletary's fadeaway from the corner, and guess what happened? It had been... They had records like Duke hadn't lost Virginia since the Stone Age, and finally they beat them, or like they haven't beat them at home, or whatever it is, whatever yeah. that statistic is. They flash on the screen. No UVA fan has seen that with their own eyes, and they might not see it for four years. They might, you might go to a college in the ACC and never beat Duke or Carolina in four years. Absolutely, yeah. So when that happens, you have the right as a fan to storm the court. Now UVA, when I went last year, they beat Duke. There was no storm in the court. You know why? Because the culture at UVA has changed a little bit. And now when we beat Carolina and Duke, it's not once in every blue moon. You know, it might be once every two or three years, but it's not once <laughs> in every blue moon. And But they've been there before. But they've been point. there before. So like Absolutely. Wake Forest hasn't seen much success since Tim Duncan, maybe? Yeah, it's been a while. So like it's one of those things like let them storm the court. And Wake Forest Stadium, how how many students can it actually fit? <laughs> Kyle Filipowski, again, is seven feet tall, 250 pounds. He stuck his knee out. And, of course, like we, like we all say, it was a bang-bang play. But he didn't look like he was protecting himself. He looked like the Wake Forest was sh- Wake Forest fan was shouting something in his face, and he went to push him and got nicked up. And that's the funniest part to me Dude, it is, is that he got busted, just like Grayson Allen did, tripping that FSU player with 11 seconds left, up by 12. Yeah. People don't forget. <laughs> um, at half court, and then he gets he got busted for and started crying. Philip Haskell was like, "It was personal. I was getting personally attacked." No, you're embarrassed no. that you oh, got hurt man. by a by a 150 pound math nerd from Wake Forest. Yeah, peak players. No accountability, these kids. No accountability. And that's what bugs me the most. But it'll never change. Well, if Virginia wins, beats Duke on on Saturday in Charlottesville, I want them to rush the court and punch Filikowski in the nose. (laughs) I don't care. I I just don't care. Duke and Carolina are almost not the same thing, but like when Tyler Hansborough got a forearm across the face when he was at UNC by a Duke player – and it rerouted Tyler Hansborough's nose. I was like, "Yeah, good hard foul there." <laughs> you know, like I just don't care. Carolina like, and Duke, no sympathy at all for these guys. You cannot say much or anything to make me feel bad for you. Although I did watch a highlight of the uh, Duke uh, Villanova national championship, yeah, where they hit the most improbable double clutch three to tie the game against Villanova, and then they went down the floor and Villanova drained a three to win. That made me happy. I was like, oh, look, happiness here in my scroll. Because every now and then I just get a Virginia play of Kihei Clark throwing it above his head, 30 feet in the air, and then Furman transitioning to a three to win the game. Like, what? So I don't feel bad for Duke no. or Carolina no. ever in the history of my life. And that's the way it will continue. All right. Thank you. Whew. I appreciate that, Massey. It makes me feel good, too. Whew. Hope you, you got that off your chest. Yeah, yeah. You can probably include Georgia football on that as well. Okay, so let's <laughs> huddle up. Let's huddle up. Our let's huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you're stuck on, stuck on, your goat of the week, your quote slash question. We'll get into it. Yeah, I we'll just I just really flip flop that in order. I've only been doing this six years, so I don't know how I did that. Dawson, what is your good news of the week? Uh my good news of the week is basketball related. Um we went 
from this topic about Kyle Filipowski, a little bit of negativity, a little bit of hate, but I want to bring it back to um, a little more positive talk. Uh, okay. Last night, the uh, University of Tennessee Chattanooga Mockingbirds mm. um, knocked off the Mercer Bears. The uh, mocks, the mocks are uh, Southern Conference. Yes, but they're they're consistently There's, in the tournament or at least in the discussion. They are, and so last night with that win, they guaranteed themselves at least a top three seed in the SoCon tourney in Asheville next weekend. It's a big spot. I yep, mean, yep. I'm just pumped. It's like typically what's we're your, buying for what's a one your, seed. Uh, what's your association with the mocks? Uh, I'm from Chattanooga. Wait, um, more specifically, where are you from? Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, look North out, Georgia. Look out Mountain, Georgia. But you'd root for them because you're near them. Well, because I grew up there and I grew up going to Mox games. Yes, at the, uh, but the you Roundhouse. Go, but you didn't go to school there? No. You just you just picked a random team that was near you that you liked and then started rooting for them. Um, yeah. Sounds like bandwagon to me, Dawson. It sounds like a Zeman move to me, Massey. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, you, you knew where I was going with that. You knew where, you knew the, where I was leading to it. Don't, don't be self-conscious. It's okay. The, hey, you can like a team. It's okay to like a team, Dawson. That's my whole point. Hey, if you had been nine-year-old Dawson watching the sugar mock shake it at halftime at the roundhouse, that's you'd a, be a mocks fan. That sounds like it right? was a life, life a changing life, event. For life. My mother's a season ticket when, holder. All right. When, Calm uh, down. When a, when a boy became a man, the sugar mocks. Oh, seriously, man. They were something else. <laughs> They don't. They just don't. You know, they don't do halftime entertainment like they used to. All right. Basically. What about the mocks? So they're, they're top seed in the SoCo. Going well, they're, in- they're Samford, Alabama. You're probably a fan of them being from the same state. Yeah. Um, they're going to be Sanford the is. Uh, Birmingham or something like that. They're the one oh. seed. They're pretty hard. To, they're they're solid this year. But point is, is that you know the mocks are top three seed. The Southern Conference tournament in Asheville every year is probably one of the best Southern Conference yeah. tourney or one of the com- best conference tourney experiences there is in the country have you been no but my mother goes every year yeah and I live yeah i did know, I did know that she oh. sends pictures and i'm like this is so sick no, going to awesome. going to like a uh a mid-major even not a mid-major mocks are probably a little lower They're not than even that. technically mid-major yeah. yeah yeah that would it's so fun like you just see like when when you get to this time of year i'm watching highlights of like southern illinois oh, yeah. play northern illinois and i'm like this is great yeah. This is great. They, all, everybody's playing their complete tails off just to get a shot oh. at the tournament. It's so much. It's such good. Well, it might not be good basketball necessarily. It's good competition, dude. dude I should. I. You, I'll. I'll have to look it up, but I'll send it to you. The UTC Furman final from two years ago. Holy moly. It is epic. Last second <laughs> shot, mocks down five with like three seconds left. They come back, hit one from beyond half court. Like it's like. March Madness to the T. So that's why I'm excited yeah, about this. Yeah, conference championship is that weeks conference are championships starting. Coming, it's coming up. March is today. Um, oh, happy Leap Day, by the way. Yes. Well, and on um, if, if this recording day's Leap Day, Air Day is is uh, March first. March first, and so the madness is here, and I'm stoked about it. Like, yeah. Basketball season has just begun yeah. for most of us. Yeah. Okay, so my good news ties into that, and that was just from the characters of college basketball that are emerging as March hits. Oh, yeah. You know in the tournament you get, uh, what was it, Jelly Williams, um, just all these. Mateen Cleaves. Yeah, all these great names. And so there's one, of course, it started with one, and I was like, well, what other good names in basketball? But this guy, Robbie Avilia. He plays for Indiana State, and he's got rec specs on. He's, let's just say, not of your typical basketball build, so he's kind of <laughs> big. Uh, he's, a, he's a white guy that plays center, and, and he and he kind of like plays the center position like Jokic. A lot of the offense runs through him, and he's a good yeah. passer. They did, Twitter just came up with a nickname for him, and it's called Cream, C-R-E-A-M, Abdul-Jabbar. That's just good, dude. Cream. Cream. That's so good. That's so good. So I went down this wormhole, right? So I want you to react a little bit to some of these names that I come with. This is These three names are on the Cincinnati Bearcats. They're not going to make the tournament, so you're not going to hear about them in March. Day-Day Thomas, D-A-Y, D-A-Y. Aziz Bandengo, awesome name. Jizzle James. Jizzle James? Jizzle James. Dude, that's... 
Six. So I went down. All right. So point guard for Rhode Island and always right. Last name W R I G H T. <laughs> Supreme Cook is a forward for Georgetown. This is my absolute favorite point guard from Southern Illinois. And that's how I came up with Southern Illinois, my random spat earlier. His name is Chris. Last name Cross. Crisscross. <laughs> so sick. That is so good. <clears throat> Um, that is good, man. Um, oh, Chris Cross. I hope I hope they make the Sweet 16 and everybody knows Chris Cross's oh, name. Chris Cross. Dude, can you imagine? I mean, there's going to be, if they make the Sweet 16, if whatever station is playing that game doesn't have some Chris Cross edit from back in the day, the group, the singing oh, group. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it. It's got to happen. Hopefully Going they pull that into out. or out of commercials. All Chris Cross. Should have this Chris Cross. <laughs> it should be sprinkled in there. Now, I'm not sure if the NCAA. No. Who, True TV, CBS, they're not quite as up to date. Like yeah. on some of the Thursday night or Monday night football, when you hear widespread oh, going yeah. in the commercials, you're like, wait, yeah, that- what? Like my brain's like, what? I love that guy. <laughs> so I, whatever editors are in the booths now or or in the bus, excuse me, in the, what do they call it? In the van outside. Production that, yeah, crew. You should have crisscross queued up ready to roll whatever whatever yeah whatever conference southern illinois is playing in their conference tournament that it should be undeniable those names are great i gotta give you one quickie before we move on 1997 the university of tennessee chattanooga mocks made it to the sweet 16 yeah they were a 13 seed they got the best draw they could get it was like they played number 10 providence providence right it was the hardest game we were going to the elite eight i was like I'm like, you know, 13-year-old Dawson, like, there's no way we lose. Yeah, of course. Um, we lost a tight one to Providence, led by God Sham God. God Sham God. There was a young fellow named God Sham God was his name. That's so great. Um, and I've never forgotten that in my entire life. Majestic Map. That's a point guard for UVA. <laughs> Majestic Map. Yeah, that was his name. His brother, Scientific Map. Uh, okay. That's awesome. It's so awesome. All right, give me a critical number this week. Uh, my critical number, um, it's it kind of flows into a little bit of a stuck on. But, um, you know, last week you and Graham were discussing uh, the structure of the 12-team playoff. Well, this week, apparently, sources say, according to many other sources, yep. that starting in 2026, there's a good chance we're going to move to a 14 team play yeah i saw that i didn't know um, what to, I, I can only digest college football moves so fast that i can only deal with what's in front of my face it, it's exactly and at this point it's it's kind of moving too fast and i think I, we were talking back on some subject earlier in this uh show today and i Real estate agents are the worst i talked i i mentioned something about how like in college sports we're just kind of getting away from the good old days and i know i sound like the old guy that's out in his yard just yelling at clouds but like it's kind of hitting me a little bit things are changing a little too fast and i am kind of concerned we're gonna lose the sport now i think for good reason it's you know i think players should get what's theirs players should get theirs a little bit get paid all that fun stuff but it's like it's just we're kind of losing it. We're losing it. We are. And, we and, are. And, and they and can't a, stop. They just can't stop. Well, it's we're losing it in the sense that players can go anywhere they want to at whatever time, right? Right. Or, or I guess there are designated times for transfer portal stuff. Yes. The what was your credit? What was the number? Fourteen team uh, playoffs. Four, Fourteen Sorry. team playoffs. <laughs> so, but what we one of the unintended consequence of the NIL and transfer portal. Was that you're not seeing teams like Alabama, Clemson, who, who else am I thinking of this run? The Georgia hasn't had a championship without the NIL transfer portal window, right? It's, um, it's at least that old. Anyway, yeah. the point is yeah. these teams like don't have these these top tier teams or top tier programs do not have the embarrassment of riches. You remember, like, yeah, of course, me being an Alabama fan. Some linebacker or lineman would go down, some All-American, and the joke was, don't worry, there's an All-American as his backup. Yeah, it's awesome. With the transfer portal, that's not the case anymore. Those no. All-American backups are going to start somewhere else. So when you see the field expanded to 12, in my brain, I'm like, well, there is there is not like that cream of the crop tier anymore. There's at least four to four to eight teams in that we can win a championship totally on any given any given saturday right the 14 team 
okay, all right, more money. I feel like we're getting towards a little bit of greed here. But yeah. what something needs to happen is we need to figure out – I don't think capitalism is going to be able to solve the NIL thing where where players are going to take cash a check and then maybe six months later they're off cashing another check for a different school. So there totally. needs to be some it'll sort get, of like regulation in place that says, hey, you're going to have to stick here for – Two or three years, or the market will regulate itself eventually. Probably, don't don't give me market regulate self. No, dude, I'm, it's it's gonna well, be a lot of these NILs. You're gonna have to prove it, right? Like at a point, I think the money gets to be so great that eventually these collectives, these groups of people that are pooling money to give to these student athletes, that they're they're going to get wise to it, right? I mean, because yeah, you can't have a kid, you know, sign a guarantee, take a check. Sit the bench. Roll That's what up. Quinn Ewers did. He went to Ohio State, yeah. cast a check, and went to transfer to Texas and was a millionaire by age eighteen. Yeah, he skipped his last year of high school, which but, is duh. But do that. He was. That sounds good but idea he was to me. one of the first ones to have the opportunity. My and therefore the folks writing the checks weren't as wise to it yet. I think some of it'll get worked out to an extent. But again, I don't know. I think you're right. It's kind of chaotic. I mean, what are we going to have a draft? Like we can't, it's just, it's, it's strange. And the issue with it that I have is that we still have the college structure. You have eligibility, right? So you can't make it a pro game because you're basically saying, well, you can only do this for so much time. That's where there's a big difference that distinguishes the two very much. So that's a weird way of saying that to me. Like it just creates problems with the structure of the whole thing. It's it's tough. And um, what if you just gave them like contracts, like a job? Like, hey, here here's a two year contract, fifty thousand dollars a year. Play for the Vols, be the left guard for two years. Honor that contract, and we'll pay you. Yeah. Like, maybe gra- so. like a grant, you got to finish your studies here at Cal Berkeley, and maybe that in that, order to that be the be super the tech nerd that you want to be. It's like you. That's what you're gonna. That's what we're doing. All right, I can't digest the 14 team playoff. Sorry, right now. I can't do it. I'm just, it seems greedy to me. I'm just getting old. <laughs> well, even Nick Saban said this wasn't college football. We all know that that's he speaks the, the truth. All right, my critical number sub four seven. That is a 40 yard dash time. Who done it? No one in the top <laughs> 10 40-yard dash times at the NFL Combine. There are only two groups ran today, the linebackers and the defensive line. Everyone in the top 10 ran a sub 4-7. Not even middle linebackers, though. We're talking like edge guys, right? Like the big fellas. Dallas Turner wasn't yeah, wasn't yeah. the top one. He ran a 4-4-7. You're in a four four seven. Peyton Holy. Wilson was the fastest linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's from NC State. He is six um, four, two hundred and thirty eight pounds, and ran a four four four. Dang, dude, that's so fast. Now the fastest defensive lineman, four four eight, six three, two hundred fifty five four pounds out of Penn State. Chop Robinson. Chop. Great name. Speaking of names, Chop Robinson. As a, but that's that's fast. Dude, it's flying. That's fast. Um, you, you usually talk about four fours, and you're like, oh, it must be a DB or a wide receiver. A 250-pound man running that fast? I mean, that's interesting. That's too bad that there's so many of those guys. What did Trayvon Walker run a couple years back? I have no idea who that is. Four, four, five, one. The He went number one to the Jags, mm. Georgia DN. No, I don't, I don't I, recall at 66275 you're in a 451 yeah i don't i don't remember Tray- Trayvon walker doesn't ring a bell that man's hands <laughs> are the size of two dinner plates <laughs> i've seen a badger no that's impressive it's gotten kind of crazy these guys but some of it you know i still believe in gamers though like some of these guys that like we've watched all season in college ball and they dominate right yeah. but then they get into the underwear olympics and, it's like, what am I doing? And they just like they don't run a four four at six six two seventy. They run a four seven five at six six two seventy. But then you get them in the league, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, does it, it's just funny. It's like it's so funny that every year we're, did you see their forty time? It's like does that really actually matter? Because now 
players train for the 40 time. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. It used to be like, okay, well, how fast are you? I don't know. Run a 40-yard dash. Let's see how fast you are. And now it's like people specialize in the 40-yard yeah. dash. There's coaches. There's an entire market out there for coaches to teach big men how to run fast. Yeah. Um, I have another critical number. Hit me. $532,675. This is a restitution payment. Chiefs super fan, Chiefsaholic. Have you paid attention to this guy? (laughs) I know who Chiefsaholic is, but I I don't know. Xavier (laughs) Babadur. So as part of his plea agreement, he must pay $532,000, like I said, in restitution and forfeit any property involved in his money laundering activity. Now, if you have not been keeping up with this story, this guy went on a bank robbing spree (laughs) and robbed banks, went to casinos, washed the money that way. And then would buy tickets to like Chiefs games on the way. He'd like rob banks on the way to Chiefs games so he could afford the tickets. Now, he's pleaded guilty to one count of money laundering, one count of transportation, transporting stolen property across straight lines, and one count of bank robbery. Now, he must forfeit everything that he got using that money to the government, including an autographed painting of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Going to get a steep price for that, Bobby yeah. Dorf. Aren't you an expert on that type of stuff, Matthew? Yeah. Uh, no, I just I just pick it up and move it. <laughs> he was arrested back in 2022 in a connection with an armed robbery at the Tulsa Teachers Credit Union in Bixby, Oklahoma. Don't, don't rob the teachers. He was released on bond, but he cut off his ankle monitor and was the lamb for four months until he was eventually arrested in California. He faces up to 50 years in prison without parole. It seems like our chief Aholics chapter in the NFL is coming to a close, and it makes me a little sad. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, but <laughs> Kind you know, of, but he was also but, you know, you committing some you violent what, acts. You reap what you sow, as they say. Yeah, um, he just loved the chief so much, and it was like, you know what, how I'm going to get, how I'm going to get to these games i'm sort of robbing people that's wild i mean that takes a special uh personality to follow through with that but he also Bit went unhinged. to every every chief's game dressed up like a wolf so has anyone actually seen his face in the chief stadium hey, i man, don't know as Can neil young once said and i think i've quoted on this show before it's better to burn out than to fade away Oh, deep, deep thoughts by dawson smith <laughs> all right dawson give me your stuck on my stuck on uh, I don't have a stuck on. I have a quote. Of, oh, wait. No stuck on? No, I don't have a stuck on. All right, I got one. You ready? You go for it. Two-time Super Bowl champion Eric Bieniemy mm. is expected to be UCLA's offensive coordinator under Deshaun. Uh, I forget his last name. I'm but then right blanking up. on his Staff. Walker? Yeah, Chip Kelly, the former UCLA coach, took a job at Ohio State to be their offensive coordinator. Now – Hold on a second. <laughs> I think they say gazoon type. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I just sneezed in, into the mic. That I, I pushed the wrong button. I meant to turn that off. Anyway, Chip Kelly went to Ohio State to be their offensive coordinator. So Chip Kelly went to change teams that is now in the same conference, took yeah. a lesser role as a Big Ten offensive p- coordinator. And now we have Eric Bieniemy going from the NFL ranks where he was – the a head coaching candidate for a long time probably still is mm. now taking a lesser role at UCLA. What's wrong with Eric Bieniemy? Why does he keep getting passed over for these jobs? Is he a bad interview? Does he not like people? Maybe. Does he Maybe have like he, a smelly, smelly he, leg? He, he might not like people. He might just like coaching ball. And he's sick of all the stuff that surrounds it these days. And he says, "I'm just going to go be an offensive coordinator." On the college ranks, and I can talk coach about having ball. to shovel BS, dude. Yeah. Recruiting? Are you kidding? Well, maybe he doesn't have to. He's gonna have to. He's gonna but, have to. But it's interesting. It's fascinating because there's something up with him because so many people from the college ranks, coaches, have been going to the NFL this year, right? Like that's been the big shift, right? Um, so it is kind of wild to see this guy go that direction. Um, I think there's definitely a lot more coordinators and coaches coming out of the college ranks, getting a little more cred, going to the NFL. The NFL's realizing some of their schemes, some of their creativity, they can actually yeah. incorporate into the big game. And um, I don't know. So maybe with all these guys going to the NFL, he was stuck holding this, you yeah, know, maybe. nothing again. I don't know. Well, it's always been a know. thing. It's, I mean, the NFL, strange. 
remember when a true NFL quarterback was the pocket passer, like Peyton Manning? Yeah. And there was a mold that they wanted to fit everybody in. Six six. Cannon. And then all of a sudden, there's an RPO in high school, which trickles up to college. Then all of a sudden, like RPO, and now Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Yeah. So like, it's gonna change, and the college coaches are gonna get poached from the college ranks in order to implement some of that. But enemy going down is such a rare sight yeah. that I, I I just don't know what what is going on. But let's let's move on. That's just an un, unanswerable question. Give me your quote slash question of the week, Dawson. Uh, my quote of the week is from uh, Shohei Otani. Um, oh, yeah. He's his, a Dodger. Uh, yeah, he's a doyer. Um, that's how they say it in L.A. Anyways, uh, he no, got married, um, and his interpreter had a quote. So they were interviewing Shohei on his apparent marriage that occurred. Apparent not, marriage. Well, it happened, but not recently. So I don't know when it occurred. Okay. Um, but his interpreter from Shohei says, I don't, this is Shohei speaking through his interpreter. I don't really feel comfortable talking about when I got married exactly, but she's a normal Japanese woman. Um, so okay. I, I read that. I was All like, right. wait a minute. I, like, I got, got lots of questions. Probably got lost in translation. I hope. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, I thought like, why was the timing something you didn't want to disclose exactly? I just found that odd and normal Japanese woman. I'm like, what did you find? I'm like, she's not a normal Japanese woman. She's married to Shohei Otani. All Very right. not normal. Okay. Um, and I thought, yeah, this interpreter probably needs to be fired. It just made me laugh, man. Described her as a normal Japanese woman. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. Shohei Otani. Otani. I am a big fan of. Wife. Why? He's a traitor. He went to the Dodgers. Dude. I'm a big fan of Shohei. Why? Because he is an incredible athlete who does incredible things, and he drops bombs. And you know, I think the Japanese culture is great, and he seems like a humble fellow who doesn't want to talk about his marriage and his normal wife. He's just, you know, holding his cards close to his vest. I dig it. You know, he's well, not out there well, showboating. She's, she's she's beautiful. So, I mean, undoubtedly, he's guess, beautiful. Yeah, you ever seen that man. Yeah, he is very. He's these are these are two very beautiful people that she's not each normal. Other. My point is, is, she's not normal. No, she's not normal. This is Google image shirts. Nothing, nothing malicious here. Just she's not normal. She is beautiful. Okay, hundred percent, dude. All right, my quote of the week: We can't have the NFL Combine with all those interviews and all those hours under the under the microscope without some great quotes. You ready? For yeah, for hit this? me. Tyler Owens, Texas Tech safety. I don't believe in space. I don't believe in other planets and stuff like that. He stated that he had studied the heliocentric model of the solar system and kind of empathizes to flat flat earthers because they, quote, have some really good points. <laughs> Maybe should have kept that under wraps, Tyler. No one knew anything about you besides all the all the – NFL scouts, and then you opened your mouth about not knowing, not believing in space. Yeah, bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, maybe maybe he knows that a phone call is coming from, like, the commanders or something, and he's like, yeah, I don't believe in space. And they're like, what? And then, like, someone like the Eagles are just going to pick Yeah, maybe he's brilliant. Maybe he's just a genius. Do we have any context behind this response? Oh, yeah, I, I watched it and, it, and it was a bit of a clip, but it's not very, like, prompted so they must have been talking about it previously because the reporter says can you expand on what you don't believe in and he kind of smiled and goes well i don't really believe in space and that's where the quote came from so clearly there had been some like lead up and discussion of it and was kind of like what wait what <laughs> but also if, if i'm a 19 or 20 year old kid and someone asked me some some sort of question and i had a ridiculous opinion on it it's because i was 19 or 20 or 21 years old yeah me and my not fully developed prefrontal <laughs> cortex are probably going to say some dumb things from time to time yeah so it was just great to have like and i can't it's some i love that nfl scouts might latch onto this and think well if he, he's a flat earther so we can't draft him yeah well can he play football <laughs> probably he's probably pretty good he's, he's supposed to be the top the fastest safety in in the draft so it's 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 just funny He's open to new concepts. He's moldable. He's coachable. Also, I'm going to read you this headline. I don't want you to ask anything about it, you promise? Okay. 
Dolphins Hill sued by Instagram model who alleges he broke her leg in a football drill. That's it. That's all I'm going to read. I read the backstory. Apparently, it happened on the fourth play. They were doing some football drills. The third play, the best part, the best part. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything else. In the lawsuit, it goes play by play on how this this thing escalated because they were doing some drills. Some drills. The third play <laughs> was interrupted by a small puppy, so there was no contact. But the fourth play, that's where things went down. <laughs> I was like, "Am I reading this right?" This is insane. Now, if you know anything about Tyreek Hill, he seems to be a pretty bad person. He has a lot of lawsuits settled out of court, and his kid tried to burn his house down. Okay, give me your goat of the week. Dawson. Goat of the week. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of grabbing the low hanging fruit, but Caitlin Clark. Yes, she's a goat, man. And 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 I can't. It took me a while to come around to her. I don't really know why, but I she's mean, been she, raining. Threes. She's a bad mamma jamma. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. And she's only 18 points away after her 33 point performance. The Pistol Pete. Couple nights, yeah. The Division One basketball scoring record. She's gonna pass Pistol Pete. And and I think today she came out and said she was going to forego her fifth year oh. uh, and uh, enter the NBA w, WNBA draft where she will go number one unless, I don't know, hell freezes over. Um, which, you know, kind of begs the question, if she leaves the college game, will she be forgotten and therefore make less money as a professional athlete than she would staying for one more year and catching these endorsement deals as a college player. I think her attraction as a college player from a marketing standpoint is greater than as a member of the WNBA. Um, nonetheless, she's still the GOAT, and if she weren't the GOAT, we wouldn't be able to ask questions like that about her. So, fascinating. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by the young lady. Yeah, well, she's if unless Angel Reese is in this draft, who's the LSU basketball phenom, I think she might go. Yeah. Number one, uh, I'm about to look up WNBA draft prospects. I think I'll just, I think I'll just <laughs> settle down. I think we know there's the top two. I think, I think, I think I'll just settle down before I look into the WNBA draft. It's you the know, most chalk game obvious, on earth. Isn't it obvious when people are going to go to the draft and they announce it and it makes a headline like Zach Eady from Purdue, that seven foot seven monster <laughs> yeah. goes, yeah, I'm going to declare for the draft out this season. It's like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, you, think, you think you'd got embarrassed last year by losing to a six, 16 seed. There's only one response and that is to win a national championship. That's the history book shows that if you lose to a 16 seed, the next year you must win a national championship. Yeah. So, if he doesn't do that, maybe he comes back for a fifth year or sixth year or whatever he's on. Um, it's just it's just funny to see like Caitlin Clark. I'm declaring for the draft. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we know. got it. We all know here. Some CBS sports writers like breaking 100, 100 words, two hundred words for this, maybe fifty words, maybe just a headline. <laughs> all right, my go to the week. Did you see Cam Newton this week? Yes. What a boss. Okay, so I was going to say the go to the week was Cam Newton. In like. He's cool. But the goat of the week, in a bad sense, was whoever the three guys were that decided to jump Cam Newton <laughs> at some seven-on-seven camp. There was apparently a highly contested game, and Cam Newton runs his mouth. That's who Cam Newton is. He also seemed like a pretty cerebral, like kind of a heady guy as well. Yeah. But so these three guys decided to jump Cam Newton at the top of these stairs, and Cam Newton grabs one and just has him – around him like just has him by the either the the like shirt or yeah. something and is just keeping him off manhandling as another guy is doing something and just manhandles a second one <laughs> doesn't even doesn't even lose his hat this guy used to strike fear in linebackers and defensive ends like he was hit so hard by these guys and they all bounced off or broke their bones how did how did those three guys that jumped him think this fight was going to go it's They're mind like, blowing i'm going to hit cam newton <laughs> in the mouth I remember Cam Newton running into the end zone, and this DB, and I think it was for Atlanta, came by and hit him in the chin. Helmet to chin. And Cam Newton looked at the DB and looked at the ref. This was an article written about it. And he looked at the ref, and the ref goes, you're too young and too big to, for me to call that. <laughs> so, like, like, this man is taking professional athletes to the chin and bouncing off, and these guys were like – you know what? I've had enough of Cam Newton. Let's 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 beat up Cam. Like in your brain, are you like, yeah, yeah, let's go beat up Cam Newton? That's not going to happen. It's wild to me, man. All all accounts, right? 
like I've never seen Cam Newton in the flesh, but like you realize he's a big, stout, tough dude. But all accounts are that I've heard, read, ever heard is like in the flesh. It's like astounding. You're yeah, like, how holy, large he is. Holy cow. That is a large man. And to think about how athletic he is and just strong and quick at that size, like we were talking about. It's like, why? Yeah, good luck, fellas. I know. Unbelievable. They, uh, it was a crime of passion, clearly. Because um, it was a crime. <laughs> yeah, you can't just, you can't just. Jump, jump, Kendo. He is 6'5", 245 pounds. But it's it's as if, though, he's bigger somehow. Right? Like, that's his actual measurements. But it sounds like so he's many bigger rumors. than that, though. There were so right? many like, rumors when he was playing at Auburn. There, there, there was always, like, this guy was like, yeah, one of my friends' dad is an orthopedic. He said he was taking x-rays on Cam Newton's bones. And they're as thick as horse bones. And you're like, of course, my dumb brain was like, really? Oh, his middle name no is Wolverine. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> they actually don't know how old he is. They, they, he might be 150 years old. Um, I heard somebody pose a question. Did Cam and Tebow overlap? But, yeah, at Florida? But Cam threw the computer out the window or whatever and ended up at Auburn. Uh, yeah, he, was, yeah, there, they he was there when Ke- Tebow was there. I mean, who's to say what would have happened had he never left? Was Tebow never in the NFL? Had Cam Newton stuck around? We'll never know. Interesting thought, though. I think he was an incoming. I think he was like a redshirt sophomore when Tim Tebow was a senior yeah, going okay. for his second okay. national title. In fact, I think Cam Newton might have been a freshman sure. going into Florida after they had won a national title. Gotcha. So there was yeah, there was, yeah. that, so was the that was Tebow's team. Happened. Makes sense. Makes sense. That was Tebow's team going into Tebow's senior year. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then Greg McElroy made him cry. <laughs> that was one Greg of the greatest moments. McElroy I think we were at the Tim brew Tebow pub for that, cry. weren't we? Oh yeah, Tim Tebow's just sitting there looking all jacked and like huge, and then Greg <laughs> McElroy's spindly self is like, "Yay, we won!" Oh, that was so one of the greatest good. moments in sports history. Yeah, because no one hates Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer like every single SEC fan <laughs> that's ever been born. Yeah, well, that's the huddle. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. So I'd like to thank Dawson Smith for coming in subbing for Graham. I hope he's okay. I do too. He'll be all right. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Yeah, trainer's one of those that's like doesn't doesn't seek out the good time. Let's say well, let's he he's obviously seeks out a good time. But he's probably one of those people that's like, "Okay, I'll go to dinner. I'm so tired. I'm a little hungover still." <laughs> those first couple beers went down pretty smooth. Let's we got some momentum here. And next thing you know, it's 3 in the morning. He's like, "How did I do this?" I mean, how did he do this? It's like a life with the selfie queen. Yeah, yeah. He's he was he was born he was born for this. All right, that's enough. <laughs> uh, sports fans, download us wherever podcasts are available. We are Teton Sports Talk. That's it, and that's all.